This is episode 11 of One Page at a Time, How We Read with Kathy Ballfans. Podcasting from Virginia and Dubai. This is One Page at a Time, where we bring you strategies and resources for using books in your home. We are your hosts, Jill and Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Oh, hey, Jill. It's good to talk to you. Oh, so wonderful to be here. So excited for today's episode. It's a How We Read episode, which is one of the fabulous episodes that we get real life applications for how people are reading in their homes. And who is it with? It's with my friend, Kathy, Kathy Balfans. Um, She and I knew each other years ago. We lived in the same area and we've both since moved to different areas, but we've stayed connected and she has such good ideas. She really does. And a great vocabulary. She uses the word smattering in this episode. Mm. And I have to give her, I don't know, five points. No, 10. I think smattering is a 10 point word. We're going to give her 10 points for that one. She just slid that thing right in there. It was... Like Perfect. she uses it every day. I, she might. After this, she probably does. She probably does. Yeah, I, I think so. So, Jill, let's hear from Kathy. Today, we have someone with us who I greatly look up to. She is the mother of four, has moved all over with her husband's military career. And with those moves, she's had the opportunity to try out all sorts of learning experience and opportunities with her kids. Her children are in the preteen teenage years now, and I'm very excited to get her knowledge and insight into what reading and a love of books looks like in older children. Kathy Ballfans, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Kathy, you and I met when we were both living in the same area of Virginia several years ago, Um, Mm -hmm. but that was just kind of one little piece in your journey. Um, So what have you and your family kind of been up to before and after you and I have gotten to know each other? Well, you summarize it really well. We we do move all over every about two years is is our average, um, and we have experienced a lot of uh, different cultures and a lot of different um, versions of public education in this country, and um, it's been a wonderful journey. We prefer you know some places more than others, but I would not change a thing because it's it's built who we are, and and it's been a wonderful trip. Um, for us. That is awesome. I actually grew up moving all over as well. We lived all over the country and we did a stint in Mexico City for a while too. And so we got to experience a bunch of different schools and situations and I am I feel the same way. I wouldn't have changed it. I love those different experiences. So that's awesome that your family gets that as well. Yes. So now I know that you at least at one time also experienced homeschool along with public schools. Is that right? Right. Yeah. We moved to an area where um, we just didn't feel comfortable putting our children in, in public school and felt like it would probably be a better option to homeschool in order to keep them up with um, just what the what they were used to, where we had moved from. Um, my goal was to be able to keep them paced the same and um, with similar curriculums. And so, yes, we homeschooled for two years. And uh, going into that, um, I knew that I needed to purchase a curriculum um, because I couldn't just wing this with four children. And so um, the curriculum that spoke to me the most was a literature-based curriculum. So I was able to use books 
uh, for learning. It was it was a really wonderful time for all of us. That is awesome. So what um, what do you mean by using books for learning? Because I I can imagine mm-hmm. that all homeschool curriculums use some sort of books, but you say right. literature. So so kind of what what did that look like? Right. So that looks like. Um, the curriculum is basically coming from books. So that can be uh, nonfiction books as you are learning about, um, you know, science and things like that. You're actually using everyday nonfiction books you go pick up at the library instead of a textbook that is meant to teach um, a smattering of science topics. Uh, or uh, while you're learning about a certain period of history, you're reading historical fiction um, that's based in that time period that you're learning about. And it, it just creates a deeper understanding of what you're studying when you can combine all those things together. That sounds wonderful. And something that I feel like even um, people who have kids in school can still kind of use that concept and use that idea of using books for learning uh, in addition to entertainment, which I think most of us want to do is the entertainment, obviously. Absolutely. Part. Yeah, absolutely. Our kids are back in public school now, and I use a lot of um, what I gleaned from homeschooling now just in our everyday life because I am able to look at books slightly differently instead of simply for entertainment or to check that reading log for school, um, I can enhance their life so to speak, you know, with, with certain books that I can provide for them to support their learning now. Now, something that I'm curious about, did you notice a difference in their enjoyment of books or their use of books before and after you had that homeschool experience? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So they, when we were homeschooling, they were reading books that they typically would not pick up. And so I noticed them enjoying for example, I mentioned nonfiction books. Um, my girls had never been drawn to nonfiction, um, but all of a sudden they were able to open a nonfiction book and and know how to uh, read it and engage in it instead of being overwhelmed by all the information that was being presented to them. That's awesome. My young, or my sorry, my oldest son. I only have one son. My son um, prefers nonfiction books, and yes. he's actually taught me the to appreciate nonfiction books a lot more than I did before. And so I think that is a huge benefit yes. of that is to to expand your use of what books are out there. Yes, similar situation here because then when my boys came along and were at, at um, ages that my girls were, and I was realizing, oh, they're interested in different books. They want nonfiction um, just naturally. And I, I, again, educated myself on specific topics that they were interested in that that I hadn't, you know, known about beforehand. Which I kind of love. I know more about trucks and trains and (laughs) than I ever thought I would. And it's all because of my six-year-old. Yes. And I love it. So as I said earlier, I'm really excited to get your insights into reading with older kids. Um, I love the time I spend reading with my kids. We read every day and they sit with me or by me or on my lap and we read together. Mm -hmm. And I worry about losing that as I get older. But, you know, kids grow up. There's nothing I can do about that. So what are some things that you have learned and experienced about um, reading with older kids? Um, well, just like you said, um, when my kids were younger, I, I read to them because 
one, I knew it was good for them, but two, for that bonding experience, to have them sit on your lap, to cuddle for a few minutes, um, to help them relax before bedtime, you know, all these different reasons. And then as your kids grow older and they get busier, sadly, that part of our lifestyle just tends to drop off. And one of the people who I look up to when it comes to reading aloud is Jim Trelease, and he wrote a book called The Read Aloud Handbook. And so I have to paraphrase what he said because I feel like it makes so much sense. He said that, um, he basically said that when we read aloud to our kids, it's giving an advertisement for how enjoyable reading can be. So why would we stop advertising? Why would we cut our advertising to our children every year instead of increasing it? And that's so true because our children get so busy with school and with homework and after school activities that they actually stop reading for pleasure themselves because they don't have time and they have other things that are calling to them. And so if we as parents can continue um, helping them enjoy reading and if it's, you know, through reading aloud, then it's still a benefit to them. That's awesome. So do you read aloud with your kids? Do you, are you able to to fit that in and make it work? Yes. So it is a challenge and I, I'm not going to say it's not. And we are not as regular as for reading with our 15-year-old as we are with our 8- and 12-year-old and 6-year-old. Um, but when we do make a concerted effort to still read with our 15-year-old. And that comes in a variety of forms. Sometimes it's um, sharing the first chapter or two of a book that I'm reading that I know she'll enjoy with her. Um, and then she becomes interested and maybe she picks it up on her own, or maybe my husband and I continue reading that to her at night. Um, another way is through audiobooks in the car. Um, that's another way to continue to, um, it's a different kind of bonding moment. You know, you're not sitting together on a couch, but you're sharing a journey together through this this book and it creates something that you can both talk about, that you can both experience together. Um, and another way is just pick up any book. And this is something that we have had to learn the hard way because you you see your child growing older and you think, oh, they need to be reading, you know, this and this and this and this to prepare them for Harvard or, or whatever, you know. Uh, and so you forget that that bonding is one of the most important forms um, or one of the most important benefits of reading. Um, so actually the other night I had just read to my six and eight year old a book about George Washington's teeth and it's fascinating and I really enjoyed it and I still had it in my hand when I went into her room. I decided to go ahead and sit down on her bed and read it because I found it interesting so perhaps she would too. And so we went through it and we even continued at the back. Uh, there was a timeline of events in George Washington's life and what was going on with his teeth, which maybe doesn't sound fascinating, but it really is because the poor man went through a lot. And she and I just had this discussion about the timeline and, oh, poor George Washington, and can you imagine? Um, but really, um, picture books also are not just meant for for young children. They actually provide, you know, as you, you know, a, a lot of information for every age of person. And so just grab an interesting picture book and sometimes just read it with your teenager. 
I love picture books myself. And so I can see how that actually, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about, because I know that my kids love picture books and I know that I love them. I love the illustrations. I think there are such clever ones out there. I like looking for the ones that appeal to me as we're mm-hmm. at the level that I am. And so that is such a great idea and a, a good insight that if I love them, why wouldn't teenagers love them as well? I love them. Right. Yes, definitely. And um, one of the one of the ways I can help my oldest still be exposed to those is just putting them out in the house. I have a basket in our um, family room of books and um, sh- we'll all go and pick them up and read them. And some are fiction and some are nonfiction and sometimes they're themed around whatever holiday is coming up or specific interests that my children are showing um but she's still learning from those picture book biographies and enjoying reading with all of us as well you know just because she's 15 doesn't mean that she can't enjoy those kinds of books yeah and I actually love that you brought up audiobooks too. I was going to ask kind of your thoughts on audiobooks. I've just barely started listening to them with my kids. We went on several road trips this summer, and so I tried them out for the first time, and we all really like them. And so far, we've been able to find find ones that appeal to all of us enough uh-huh. that we enjoy them. Um, but sometimes I feel like I'm taking the easy way out, like I'm letting somebody else read to my kids while I focus on driving or doing the dishes or whatever. Um, so mm. I did. I was interested to see you know, maybe not completely replacing reading to your kids with audiobooks, but obviously you are pro audiobooks. I am pro audiobooks. And it was something that I struggled with when I was homeschooling because one of our daily requirements was for me to read aloud to the the kids. And because of their different grades, that was a lot of reading on my part aloud. Plus they had things for themselves to read on their own. Um, in addition to all of the other subjects that, you know, took our attention and demand. So um, it was a lot for me. And through some of the online homeschool communities, I started seeing people say, no, audiobooks count. It is still, you know, listening. It's still reading a book. It's still listening to a book. It, it counts. It's legit, you know, just go ahead and use it. And I thought, okay, I will. And we ended up really enjoying audiobooks as well. I would use them in the car when we would run errands or doctor's appointments or all kinds of things. And, and I can say that we all bonded over listening to the same audiobook as much as we can bond if I'm sitting there reading to them on the couch. I appreciate you absolving me of some of that guilt of <laughs> letting my kids listen to audiobooks rather than me reading them these books. For instance, I loved the Boxcar Children when I was growing yeah. up, and I've been really excited to read the Boxcar Children to my kids. And I feel like they're finally at a, a level where they can kind of follow the story and follow along. And so I started reading it to them. And then we went on this trip uh, to Indiana and, and I was looking for audiobooks and the Boxcar Children was available. So I checked it out and we listened to it. We listened to the whole thing. And we got done and I was like, oh, but I was going to read that to them. And then I just need to remember, we still listened to it together. We still had right. the experience. We can still talk about it. And we did talk about it. And so yes. you're right. It's still that bonding experience, even though I am not physically saying the words. Yeah, it comes in a different form. And like you said, it, it shouldn't replace reading with a child, um, but it, it definitely has a place and a benefit. It, it's a good way to get more literature in, honestly. You know, I mean, we spend a lot of time in our car, and so I'll often have 
audiobooks to listen to. And that it's, there's a time and a place. At the end of the school day, no one wants to hear more words right away. Um, but, you know, every every book that our children are listening to increases their listening vocabulary. And that's one of the things I really did like about the curriculum I used. One of the things I learned about the curriculum um, was that um, the better, the more qu- higher quality books, the better, more books you read, the better your writing is actually. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading quality books, it will transform into quality writing from that child. And same goes for their um, speaking vocabulary. And when they read on on their own, their vocabulary is all the better for any book you have read to them or they have been able to listen to. That is awesome. And I hadn't really put that together, but you, that makes perfect sense that what they're reading comes out in their writing. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting because I, I, I liked the theory and then I saw that it, it worked. It really did um, pay off. You saw that in your own kids? Yeah, I did. Absolutely. That's awesome. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Plus, uh, when I listen to audiobooks, then speaking of older children and uh, specifically my 15-year-old, I was listening to Boys in the Boat um, over uh, the summer, and she would be in a car with me and catch snippets of it, and she became interested in that. So it's a great way to introduce um, new types of literature to our children that perhaps they wouldn't have picked up on their own. Yes, and I love letting my kids see me reading and so to let them yes. see me, or I guess hear me listening to those audiobooks and let them be just familiar with what reading looks like as we get older, that, I, that makes sense too. Yes. Now, do you have any other thoughts or suggestions on, um, for parents or caregivers who are, who are, who are um, trying to, to help their, their older kids with reading and loving books? Right. Um, I do have... Um, Something else to consider is that, you know, our children hit an age, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 12, where we feel like um, they're ready for more grown-up books. Um, And maybe we consider some of um, the children's chapter books kind of babyish, you know, we just kind of view that in our mind. But I've discovered that um, young adult books are not all created equal and... um, I liked a podcast I listened to recently from Read Aloud Revival, Revival, and I was struck by something she said. She had said that um, YA is a genre. It's not a reading level. So it's not like our children graduate um, to young adult books as far as now, oh, now they're on a more advanced reading level. They can read, you know, young adult now. Um because some of those books are actually uh, have lower reading levels than some of the books that are classified as children's books um, in the in as as far as genre goes, and so um, that's just something that I have learned to look out for, and that I would encourage other parents to look out for. That young adult is not the only option for our teenagers. That is so true. And I really liked the, the 
YA is a genre, not a reading level. And that um, I worry, I worry about my kids, obviously, a lot. And so that is really good yeah. to keep in mind when as they start reading older, because right now, pretty much, I mean, I, I do try and keep an eye on what they're reading a little bit, but I'm not too worried with the level that right, they're at right yeah. now. But as they get right. a little bit older, it opens up a really big world. And so it just it's another way for us to kind of stay involved in their lives and what they're doing. Right. And I think if we as parents spend a little time and effort research uh, and looking hard enough, we can find books that will still interest our children if, if we're not pleased with what YA is offering. I agree. There are so many books out there that there has to be something in a level that we are comfortable with that still interests our kids. Yes. I, I turn um, to the internet for great books, um, for wonderful, long reading lists of suggested books all the time for my kids based on uh, age or interests. And there, there are a lot of great resources out there. If, if you're wondering, I don't know what my, I don't know what to help my kid read. <laughs> I agree. There are, including this podcast, which we are hoping to help people find exactly. and connect with books. And on that vein, I was going to ask you, do you have any books that your kids are reading right now that they are really enjoying? Um, yes. So um, I mentioned Boys in the Boat and um, my my 15-year-old is enjoying that book. So my husband just finished reading Call It Courage to my 12-year-old, and she enjoyed that. And um, she's finally reading Frindle. It's been on her bookshelf for a couple of years because I recommended it to her. But I will say that my kids don't always take my recommendations, which is why it's helpful to read aloud to them. So I actually started reading Frindle aloud to her, and she didn't want me to stop. So that's something that she's now picking up on her own. And it's a, it's a quick, easy read for her now at this point, but lots of fun to enjoy. I am really glad that you recommended that one to her because I love Frindle as well. So I think <laughs> everybody needs to read it. It's awesome. And I will say my eight-year-old really loves the nonfiction books that are all about um, what was what are the Twin Towers or where is the Great Barrier Reef? The what is, who is, where is books. He really loves that series right now. I'm going to remember that because my kid is really into those nonfiction. He just wants to learn about the world the way it really is. Yes, absolutely. And my six-year-old loves just any fun, exciting picture book that I can I can find for him. Now you mentioned the resources out there that um, while you're looking for these reading, do you have any um, kind of off the top of your head, any resources for people who are looking for good books for their kids? Um, yes. So I mentioned the podcast I'd listened to about YA that I liked a lot and it was um, on the read aloud revival. She actually has a book list that's a great to reference. Um, she has a lot of book lists. Uh, the good and the beautiful has um, book lists as well. I like to turn to all of those. And then um, the book by Jim Trulies, I mentioned the Read Aloud Handbook. Um, he has a section at the back of recommended books to read aloud to children. Those are awesome resources. And I'm going to look into them definitely as I am my, like I said, the, my kids are getting older. So they're starting to explore worlds outside of picture books. So Yes, things do change with with how 
they like their books as they get older. It's interesting. It is. It is interesting but exciting. I am I am a former librarian, so I hope that I am just loving this journey with my So you had mentioned that now you're you feel more comfortable being able to kind of supplement your children's uh, public school curriculum using books at home. And I was hoping to get an example of that. Last year, there were actually a couple instances where my uh, second grader told me what they were learning in school. And I sent in a couple books to the teacher (laughs) saying, Hey, um, we really enjoy these at home. I heard you were learning about this topic, maybe. And and I offered to come in and read them to the class, too, if she wanted. (laughs) So I did go in, but it wasn't to read the book. She had something else going on that day. But um, she did actually try to use some of the things that I sent in, and she was sweet and kind about it and appreciative. (laughs) But um, yeah, uh, well, one of the years that I homeschooled was about American history. So I do have a lot of nonfiction and fiction books about... American history. And so in second grade, that's, that's what it was all about, you know, and our field trip was to Washington, DC to see the monuments. So I sent in a couple um, books that I hadn't um, known about until I started homeschooling. Um, and I, uh, one was um, George Washington's Breakfast by Jean Fritz. And um, I read to my children Phoebe the Spy, also a book I didn't know about um, until I was homeschooling. It was by Judith Barry Griffin. Um, And I think the one that I sent in, one of the ones I sent in to the teacher was um, George Washington's Teeth because it's really exciting. They were going to Mount, oh, that was actually first grade. They were going to Mount Vernon and I know his teeth are on display there. So I sent that book in in first grade. So, and at home, I'll pull these books out and I'll put them in the baskets and um, help my kids get into them just to add another level to their, their knowledge, you know, make things take it to a different level, different dimension. So is there like a, a different, I don't know what the correct way to ask this is, like, is there a, like a secret society of homeschoolers that have like a separate list? Because like, I would have no idea that those books yeah. existed. So where do you find, is it just that you choose a curriculum? So it's usually on the curriculum's website, which is a whole, um, like you said, like community that I didn't know about until I was a part of it. And, and it's a huge resource for homeschoolers um, to have so, these social media networks and things like that. But just for starters, that's open available to everyone is to browse on some homeschool curriculum websites um, like um, Bookshark, um, Five in a Row. I'm writing these down. Oh, um, Build Your Library. Um, She has, so then if you go to these websites, um, particularly like Bookshark and Build Your Library, and you can say, okay, my kid's in second grade. So you can click on their second grade curriculum and you can see what they are offering and they'll have book, book lists, um, fiction and nonfiction. Beautiful Feet Books is another one. Like feet as in? Like the things you walk on. Yeah. (laughs) I thought they were trying to honey with you know feet f-e-a-t like a beautiful feet of <laughs> right right yeah no I don't know how that name came about but yeah that's where I um I pull I I go there and reference their suggested reading a lot do you and you still do that you still I do I do I think oh let's see um my eight-year-old needs a new book let me see what 
I can find that would interest him or, you know, what he should be reading if I were still homeschooling and using books as my curriculum. Yeah, I can see like an obsessive fascination with things yeah. coming in my near future. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what you know about him, it, it, it never, it's always there. It never ends. There's always, it, it's like a mine. You can continue mining for information. <laughs> yeah. So do you, how do you store these books? I mean, I imagine that you have quite a few books after a homeschooling thing. Yes, yes. Um, During those homeschool years, I had to buy additional bookshelves. Um, The house we're in now has a lot of built-in bookshelves. I did store a lot also in um, plastic totes and and bring them out when I, for example, um, it's time to take away my summer books that I had sitting out in a basket. And a lot of those I will actually put in a in a bin and bring out like a plastic, you know, tote, um, and put it in storage and bring it out again next summer. So you go through like seasons, book seasons. Um, some of my, some of my season books I'll keep packed away, but everything else I try to make room for. Each of my kids has a bookshelf in their room. And then we have, um, a family, four tall family bookshelves. Four tall, double wide bookshelves. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a wonderful problem to have. Like, how do I store all my books? Everyone has to come up with their own solutions, but I love, I love hearing that, that problem, quote unquote, of what do I do with all these books? Yes. And if we read one and it's not our favorite, I have no problem getting rid of it. I have no problem getting rid of things in general. Um, so I actually did just clean out a lot of our homeschool books um, last summer and went through them and thought, okay, this is, this is fine to read, but it's nothing I want to keep. So off they went to more homeschoolers. That is a talent that I need. <laughs> I don't have that talent at all. In the in the library world, they call that weeding your collection. Oh, okay. Library Libraries go through and they weed their collections. So they pull out books that haven't been checked out in so long or, you know, books that are falling apart, things like that. And so I use that term a lot in my own, in my own life now that I'm weeding, I'm weeding my collection. Yes. I'm quite good at weeding my collection and keeping just the favorites, the, the all, you know, five stars. I, I like that analogy because then it allows the other books to grow bigger in prominence in your family. Like I, I like that. Yes. That's how I did feel like my um, six and eight year old weren't able to find the books I wanted them to be able to find. So I had to to weed and, and reorganize a little bit and change what bookshelf they were on so they could see them better. And, um, and you know, it, it helps. I love that. Right now, my one-year-old is in a book pulling phase. So our books mostly live on a pile. Oh, yes. Floor, oh, yeah. But <laughs> I look forward to that aspect of the phase that you're in <laughs> where I can put books on a shelf and, and organize them and, and they'll be there for my family to use. Not as exciting, but it looks better. It has, it has its benefits. <laughs> so Kathy, I knew I was excited to talk to you and I knew that you were going to have a lot of wonderful insight. Um, so I thank you so, so much for coming and joining us today. And we do have one more question for you. So we are trying to give parents and caregivers a whole arsenal, a whole index of ideas to work on their families. And so what is your suggestion for this week to, for somebody who wants to, to get started? I would say try to read out loud every day to your child or children. Just even if it's a, a short bit, just get in that habit if you're not already to just do some sort of reading aloud 
every day this week, make it seven days and then see if you can make it 14 and then 21 because the benefits are, you know, beyond number as far as um, our, the connection we have with our children and uh, exposing them to a literature rich environment and vocabulary and interests that can abound from, from what they hear. So that's my, that's one thing I would suggest is, is to just try every day to read aloud to your kids. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for coming and joining us. And I'm so excited to go read to my kids. Yeah, I love talking books. It's been really enjoyable for me. And I'm excited that you're a new resource that I can point friends and family to uh, when, when they ask where they can turn for some book suggestions. So you're doing a good thing here. I'm thrilled. Excellent. We love to hear that. Share away. Share away. <laughs> what a great interview. I love talking to Kathy. I know. Well, I didn't really talk to her, but I love listening to her. I was just so entranced. I just want to talk to her more. I know. She's so wise. She is. She really is. I hope that this is not something that requires having teenagers to get to that point where, I mean, she just knows what's going on. And you can tell she's put the effort in and she's done her research and she's done, you know, she's done, she's put the work in to get all of that knowledge and get all that experience. And so it definitely inspires and motivates me to, to do that research and, and find what works for us too. Definitely. I'm really excited to look at some of her, um, the resources that she that she listed, especially this homeschool curriculum, the homeschool curriculum sites. I think that those could be really awesome. So I agree. I am definitely going to try this week to read aloud every day with my children. It's supposed to be part of our bedtime routine, but it's sometimes hard for me. So I will try, but I also really like her idea with the, what were they called? Book baskets. The book baskets. Is that what you were thinking yes, of? I, I was going to talk baskets. about the book baskets too. Okay. Well, you talk I'm about the book so baskets. I am so excited about this idea. Well, basically just say, I'm really excited. I like that idea. I like the idea of them being out um, for everybody to see and use and, the, and to in, incorporate them to our main life. Because right now our books are in the kids' rooms because that's where we do the bulk of our reading. And so I am... I'm going to start trying these book baskets. I'm excited and swapping them out, like she said, like she was talking about the different seasons. So I, that's my, because we do pretty good reading aloud. We're, we're pretty solid with that one every day, but now I'm going to try these book baskets. Uh, so, I mean, we've got, we've got some book baskets, I, I guess, around that, you know, anywhere that I have something that I might want to be doing without my children, then I have a bunch of books there, but they don't actually use them really. So I think that's going to be my goal is to see if I can change them out somehow or, you know, try and figure out how to get them to actually use the books in the book baskets. <laughs> That'll be my goal. It's a great goal. Well, we've got some good things to work on this week and hopefully our listeners have got some great ideas and suggestions for them as well. Definitely. If you enjoy One Page at a Time, please tell your friends and family about us. We also want to hear from you, so follow us on our Instagram account, one written out, O-N-E, underscore page, underscore podcast, and share your awesome ideas of how you use books in your home. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.